The robin plucks midges from the air above the stream like it's catching its breakfast with chopsticks. From a standing start, the robin launches its entire self at its prey, its body licking like a flame, transforming into something other than bird as its wings fan and splay in a symphony of arc and bend. Within about one square foot of space and within an increment of time, each element of the bird's anatomy is thrown into a position that seems counter to its movement and bodily structure, and for a split second of a split second, the robin's red breast is set ablaze. Welcome to another edition of the To The Trees podcast. That was a poem about the robin. Uh, that's a poem that forms part of a triptych of poems that I wrote recently um, about three birds. Um, the triptych is called The Birds of Fire. And it's kind of an observation of, of the bird's likeness at times to the element of fire. Um, I'll give you the, <coughs> the two other poems throughout this podcast as well. One's to the wren and the other one is the goldfinch. So this is the third edition of the To The Trees podcast. It's the May episode. Um, I have been walking as normal um, throughout the past month and creating a lot and writing a lot so I'll share some of those things with you. I'll also talk to you a little bit about um, the bardic tradition this month. Um, May being the month that we normally chair a new bard in Glastonbury. The current bard of Glastonbury is Pock. Um, he will be barred for another year because we can't have a trials this year. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about the bardic tradition, uh, what a bard is and um, what role they play within the community. And I'll share with you a poem I wrote for last year's bardic trial theme although I didn't enter the theme was change I wrote a poem called change um, and that poem stuck with me so a year later I'll um, share that with you Um, I wrote uh, I wrote and recorded a new song this month as well um, called meet me over there Um, so I'll pop that on the end of the podcast for you as well And let's see how this develops. There might be a couple of other surprises in there. Um, I guess I'll I'll get started by sharing the second poem of the triptych um, of of poems called The Birds of Fire. And this one's to the wren. The wren. A bird always only half seen, yet with a song that burns like a furnace. The lion of the hedgerow, it moves like a spark popping from the deepest embers of smouldering spring. The wren darts incessantly, and when it does manage to sit still, its little tail stands upright like a match and twitches, while its beak scissors wide open to release its roar. Like a spark, the little wren gives little sign of its approach. Its movements, for the most part, are beyond our perception, like the shapes you see when you turn out the light. 
forever caught in the peripheral. So May is the month when we would normally chair a new bard in Glastonbury. Obviously that can't happen this year, so the current bard will remain bard for another year. Um, last year's bardic trials, the theme was change, and I wrote a poem for that theme, um, but it came a bit too late to really enter. I will enter the bardic trials one day. Um, but that poem has stuck with me, and I think it's still relevant now, so I will um, share that with you. Uh, the poem's called Change. Here you go. Change. We've got too much of it and not enough of it at the same time. It's a paradox of a humankind. It's a tangled little mess of what we desire to be and what we will not. Change is the cauldron from which we spilled forth and the one in which we will dissolve in due course. And the seasons map a change within me. The buds burst forth with the spring's force, unravelling until its autumn leaves with what's left of me. Change. We both desire it and fear it. But even a change that is judged somewhat negatively can if we approach it open-heartedly, transform into an experience of pure positivity, another paradox of our humanity. So let's let change be, let us sail on its open seas, let us dive to the depths of its winter's freeze, knowing that in time we will bask in the warmth of its summer's breeze. So that was a poem called Change uh, that I wrote for last year's theme for the um, Bardic Trials. Um, it is that time of year, so May is when we normally chair um, a bard. The 23rd of May is normally the day that the trials, the finals are held, and that's St Dunstan's Day, St Dunstan's patron saint, Glastonbury. So the bards in the olden times were inspirers of communities and inspirers of armies. They would use their unique creative expression and word to um, share knowledge. They were the keepers of the oral traditions and they would spend years and years um, learning these traditions and then dedicate their life to spreading these traditions within their communities. Um, they were um, well-respected and considered somewhat um, magical. Uh, they were the, the channelers of the creative spirit um, of Arwen, which um, A-W-E-N, which is like the creative force, the inspirational spirit um, in the background. Um, they were known to be able to channel this um, through their performance. Um, and kind of extract wisdom from nature and from the land and from their learnings, um, placing it in kind of like this aesthetically pleasing form of, of poetry or story so that people could connect to it and be invited into the knowledge and 
the bards could transmit um, their learned knowledge in, in this way. And the best bards were the ones who were most effective at doing this. And it's said that the, 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 best, the best bards could really connect with this, this Arwen, this channeling of this creative spirit. And I can, I think in modern times, the thing I relate this most to is the, the feeling when you, the feeling you get when you're in the zone. You have this feeling of things naturally emerging from you. You're you're not trying to perform or um, have an effect. You're just allowing your performance to to come out to radiate from you, as if it's you are the poem almost, or you are the song. And the audience can kind of recognise this, and 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 this exchange between bard and audience and and then the content of what the bard is performing in the middle is this little triangle of 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 joy basically of of exchange you know um and it all comes from this you know creative um emphasis and i think in in modern times like the role of the bard um, we're no longer inspirers of armies, you know, that was a very specific thing for a specific time. I think now, in modern times, um, bards are there to inspire um, in other ways, um, in life, um, generally, to provide insight and to bring joy to their communities through the sharing of their artwork, through the sharing of what they find joy in, um, and that's the exchange now in the modern times. Um, so yeah, I've waffled on a little bit there. Um, I hope that the the core elements were in there. Um, the role of the bard in olden times, the oral traditions, the channeling of the Arwen, the changing of the kind of bardic tradition in, in, in modern times. Um, there are plenty of bards in Glastonbury. Um, many people go out and walk and then return home and write about their walking and then share that on social media. And this is kind of a a modern form of, of, of bardism. Um, although they're not sharing kind of direct knowledge or historical, um, you know, oral tradition, they're sharing their experience and helping others then to relate to nature and relate to um, the natural world through those sharings. So I think that gives you a good overview of, um, you know, the bardic tradition. Um, like I say, it's very open to interpretation. There is, um, you know, a, a description of, of what a bard is, um, and you can find many places um, to research the bardic tradition. Um, but I think that it is a fluid role. Um, it metamorphosizes, um, and it's a role that serves community, um, and so should transform with the community itself. Um, I think at the end of the day, the for me personally, <clears throat> um, the bardic tradition was a means to open up to my full creative potential and that was done through connecting to nature and connecting to my community. And I think it's those things that provide this um, platform for, you, for one to fully embrace their creative, their creative side. Um, to fully embrace their role as a, a bard, um, an artist within the community. Um, 
So yeah, I'll leave it there. Thanks for listening. Um, Like I say, do go and research the theme yourself and work out what it is for you personally. Um, When I'm out walking in Glastonbury, I come across other people who walk and then go home and create something in response to their walks. Um, One of those people is um, John Bernard Egan. Um, He's a guy who I meet regularly on walks, although I haven't seen so much recently. Um, I ran into him um, a couple of days ago and mentioned to him how much I'd enjoyed his writing and how it would be nice to hear him recite some of his writing. I didn't expect him to take that offer up. Um, And indeed he didn't, um, but he did throw it back to me and say, oh, you could do that if you like. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to do that. Um, I've selected a piece of John's writing that I really like. And um, I'll I'll share that with you um, just to highlight John as a writer and someone who really inspires me. I mean, I love his writing style the way he observes and uses metaphor and simile um, to paint pictures in words um, is really very inspiring. So, yeah, this is a piece of writing by John Bernard Egan, uh, a resident writer of Glastonbury. At last, the wild roses entwined in the laneside hedges greenery have burst into their refulgent glamour The outer petals are a radiant pink that fades with time to a white nest that's dusted with a hint of pale coral. Their inner core is a corona of gold-tipped stalks that lap up the sun in a day-long adoration of its beams, whilst waiting for winged pollinators to discover their nectar's treasure with focused delight. All around me an incessant conversation echoes and resounds as birdsong keeps up a constant soundscape that's brimming with information, the meaning of which is denied to human ears which can only speculate on the generality of its specifics. From amidst the cow parsley's tall swaying stalks, a bulky wood pigeon explodes in fright, its wings vibrating and moving the air, startling me with its abrupt eruption. Almost immediately it's blended into the foliage of the trees, a swaying branch, the sole clue to a weighty presence suspended up there. Fruits are forming on the trees as medlar, cherry and horse chestnut reveal the beginnings of their seed-bearing offspring, their bid to prolong their species for another generation. Soon nuts, whores and hips will join them in this endeavour, as blossom gives way to the next progression, as petals fade to brown, wither and fall to the ground, laying out a carpet of wilted beauty the necessary loss that precedes abundance and gain. There's a time for everything to reign supreme before the decay and rot set in, each cycle essential for the next to prosper. So it goes, the merry dance brought into play. So thank you to John for um, allowing me to 
share some of your writing. Um, real pleasure to, to read that out loud. I hope I did it justice. So thank you for joining me for another To The Trees podcast. Uh, the next edition will be uh, with the June new moon, which also happens to be the summer solstice. I hope you're enjoying listening to these as much as I'm um, enjoying putting them together. Um, I'll leave you now with a, with a poem and a new song. Um, so third poem in the triptych of poems called The Birds of Fire. And then following on from that, a new, uh, newly written and recorded song called Meet Me Over There. Um, so yeah, wishing you all the best for the, for the forthcoming month and the run-up to the summer solstice. Um, have a good June and see you soon. The Goldfinch Known as the flame of the forest or the light of the woods, the goldfinch is a splash of fire against the green. Their flight is jet propelled by a flash of yellow like a fragment of the sun's light got caught in the underwing. They flicker in charms and emanate all the brighter for their multitudes. And as they gather to rest on displays of new growth, they ignite a series of beacons along the top of the hedgerows that guide spring into summer. I will write till I'm doubled With age and a face for the grave For you I would die on the double For you are from where I came Sing like we sang in the olden days A song that bends and sways Like the fire for to burn all your troubles And a light to light the way Power of ten, you 
are a number descended from heaven. You are the first born again and again. And we'll sing like we sang in the olden days, a song that bends and sways like the fire for to burn all your troubles and a dawn to hear your heart pray walk through the night before first light meet me over See you at first light, meet me over Meet me over there